What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of After the Game, a conversation with my dad where we talk about all things sports and the post-jazz game. My name is Spencer. Hey, and this is Barry the Dad. Again, another episode and another jazz win as they win their seventh out of the first eight games of this NBA season and lead the West at seven wins and one loss. And Miami loses tonight, so they go to six and two. Golden State is the only team left with one loss tied with the Jazz, and we'll see how that turns out. Spencer, what did you think about tonight's game against the Atlanta Hawks, where the Jazz won 116-98? to Quite frankly, it was a lot closer than that. Great win. Um, if you were a fan of ugly basketball, then you probably really liked the first half. It was a kind of a scrappy game from the beginning, and it only became a little bit better for the Jazz in the second half. And, and I don't know if the Hawks really were able to turn it on, but good news for the jazz because they started to heat up, especially led by Clarkson Mitchell was out tonight. And so that was an interesting dynamic, but Clarkson finally started to have a good game and started happening around the mid third quarter. Uh, what'd you, what'd you see dad? Uh, well, before we get into Clarkson, I want to ask a question that I, actually thought of before the game started and now it's even more on my mind would you would you rather have conley out of the game resting or donovan out of the game resting we listen we all know the general answer to that donovan is donovan is a superstar and he he is the player on the team. However, going into the matchup, I thought, would I rather have Conley out or Donovan out? And Conley's calmness to me makes me really debate that question. That is an interesting question. Uh, The Jazz only loss came with Conley on the bench. So he clearly, I mean, the Jazz need him to win games, but I, it's hard to answer that based off of this game. I think the Hawks just didn't play well. It wasn't that, the Jazz played better. It's just the Hawks didn't play well. They didn't score. They scored. Well, it was less than 100 points, right? We kept them under 100. And overall, I think that had the Hawks been a little bit more on point, we would have wished Mitchell was there. This wasn't necessarily a, a competitive. I mean, yeah, the game was really close. But if Trey Young was going off, then I feel like we would have wanted Mitchell more. I, I hear you. When we played without Conley, it was against a really good Bulls team. Tonight, we play without Mitchell against a fairly good Hawks team. They are coming off a back-to-back. They were in Brooklyn last night, meeting the Hawks, so they were a little gassed. Um, Trey Young did turn it on eventually. My point with that question really is, go, I go back to what I said a few seconds ago, very calm when Conley is in. And he was a plus 18 while on the floor tonight. Um, but let's go to really what your statement was or, or question. Clarkson was a disaster to start the game. He actually got all the way to 0 for 23 on threes over the last three games. 0 for 23. This is a guy who made a three in 99 straight games. And then he goes 0 for 23 over a two and a half game span. And then all of a sudden the light went on. And the ball started dropping. He ends up 10 for 19 from the field, four for 10 from three, 30 points and a plus 29 while he's on the floor. 
yeah, so he started playing and started playing really well back to his old ways. And it took a little bit for hit the, for him to hit those threes. But once he started hitting them, he, he was on fire. And that's one thing about a great shooter is once they kind of get that spark, they can really let it run into a fire. And so that's what I liked with, with, I mean, we've waited for this and we've been wanting it to happen. And it looked like it was going to be another one of those games where he was going to continue the slump, but um, it was big for him to start shooting well, especially since the jazz were down most of the game and they were even, I think they had like eight turnovers in the first quarter. And so it wasn't looking good, but somehow we were still in the game only down by three, only down by four, then tied all the way till Clarkson starting to heat it up. So most of his 30 points came in the second half or fourth quarter when he was lights out shooting 40% from three and 52% from the floor. Um, Bogdanovich also had another average night for him, 23 points, five rebounds, two assists, shot pretty well or okay, 43%. And then Gobert got his double-double again. Yeah, and Joe Ingles played well tonight, had 19 points, really yep. kept us in the game, hit big shots, timely shots. Uh, so it's good to see him. Our backcourt of Conley and Ingles, uh, Conley with 13 points and, nine, and Ingles with 19. Conley also had 11 assists. And Spencer, you reminded me after the last game and after the last podcast that we missed a milestone of Mike Conley, which was what? Last game. So he passed Walt Frazier, Frazier in assists, right? I don't know what the number is, but he had he advanced on the assist list since he yeah, since anytime, the other game. Anytime you can pass Walt Frazier in anything, not that Walt had a long career, but he was a winner and is at times, you know, put right up there with some of the greatest point guards ever. So um, you look at total number of assists and um, he passed Walt Frazier. Let's just, we don't know where that was though. In interesting. I'm just trying to see, I thought it was a ninth all time, but it's not. So at this, in the same vein, Chris Paul did pass Steve Nash, as you mentioned on one of our last podcasts. And then um, Jason Kidd and John Stockton's, still out there. Stockton's record will never be broken. I rarely say the word never. Um, it is a record that will stand forever. There will be no point guard ever to break John Stockton's 15,000 assist record. Right. And we said the Jazz had a bad first half and even kind of slow third quarter, but I think each player kind of stepped up in the absence of Mitchell. O'Neal had nine points, six rebounds, six assists. And that nine points is pretty good for O'Neal, I think. He, he, his role is something else. His role is hustle. His role is kind of brute strength on the court and it doesn't need to be reflected in stats. So that was big for him. And then we even look at, we talked about Ingles and how well he played, but Whiteside too didn't score as much, but he still had seven rebounds. And what was big were his three blocks. And that's huge because even though Gobert didn't have any blocks, Whiteside still kept the Gobert effect going when Gobert wasn't in. And we've said this a couple of times throughout the podcast, but that just allows the Jazz to have a consistent game and make other players adapt to, or other teams adapt to the Jazz game. And as a coach, I bet Quinn Snyder loves that because he has an identity for the Jazz and that identity can continue no matter who's in. Yeah, on one of uh, David Locke's podcasts, I heard him say that last year, and this 
this is not shocking. We in the plus minus category, when Rudy was on the floor, we were a plus. And anytime he was off the floor and favors was on the floor, we were a minus. And this season, Hassan Whiteside is actually owning a plus record when on the floor wow. of points. So he was a plus three tonight and Rudy was a plus 18. When you have both your centers doing what they're doing. So just looking at it again tonight, let's just, so he had, so 15 points from the center position and another 22 rebounds. So Rudy with 13 and 15 and Hassan with two and seven. But those 13 minutes that Hassan Whiteside put in, just like you're saying, they are, they're magical for us as we win these games. And I believe as we move through this regular season and into the postseason, that could be a game changer for us as we march into the playoffs. Right. And so I don't think Mitchell's too hurt. I think he'll be back next game, um, which I think is going to be a positive. Uh, I don't yeah, think this play, was. We play the Miami Heat, so that, that's they're one of the best teams in the NBA. Yeah. So I'm hoping he gets back. That said, um, Clarkson played how many? He was in the game a lot tonight. Played right. 31 minutes tonight. Um, Royce played 34. Was the only one who played more than well, Rudy did as well. But Clarkson was on the floor a lot and. Then Trent Forrest made an appearance and was yep. on the floor a lot too for, for 18 minutes. So, and a happy, happy birthday and shout out to Eric Pascal who turned 25 today. And he was a plus 24 in his 13 minutes. So he really sparked the run and made it easy for Clarkson to hit his shots. Yeah. So not too much to be mad about or upset about for the jazz. I think overall it was a great game. Um, not too much action. It was just kind of a steady game. I like that Quinn kept Clarkson in for so long because had he taken Clarkson out, obviously Clarkson wouldn't have been able to heat up, but just the mental and emotional side of basketball, knowing the coach trusts you, even though you keep going and, and maybe missing or, or you're, you're, you're battling yourself mentally when it comes to shots, having a coach on your side and having that trust, I feel like helped Clarkson get out of that slump. It wasn't like, oh, I'm pressured not only myself to make these shots, but now I'm pressured by the coach to make these shots. He it was yeah, just and, and, getting over and, it himself. And it might've been the right night for Donovan yep. to be out because there was, Quinn couldn't really go anywhere. He couldn't go back to the bench. If no. Clarkson was struggling and say, Hey, you know, get in there. He, he was forced to leave him in there because he was short a player who could produce. And it became a blessing for Clarkson to get out of his slump. Yeah. Next game will be interesting against Miami heat. I think um, right now Tyler Hero is in talk early in the season, but he's in talk to be sixth man of the year, which is Clarkson's. Uh, he's the reigning holder of that, obviously. But I think it's interesting that this is another great three-point shooter running for sixth man of the year. And so it just shows where the NBA is going and also just how impactful a sixth man is when they come in. I think Hero's averaging, I think, 22 points a game and having a very good start. And so hopefully with Clarkson back to sh his shooting ways, this will be a good matchup for him and, and Hero because they're kind of competing for the same award this year again. Yeah, tonight uh, the Miami Heat got beat up by the Boston Celtics on their home floor. So they lost by 17, 95 to 78. Boston now puts together a two-game winning streak after just a rough start for them and some internal turmoil as Marcus Smart called out his teammates and, and they regrouped and have now won a couple of big games. 
Um, Tyler Hero, who you mentioned, had six points tonight. And, what do you? Uh, what do you? Um, Twenty-nine minutes. What do you? What's your comment on kind of locker room drama, and and what? Because the Jazz don't seem to have any. I mean, last season or two seasons I think ago, the Jazz. Uh, you know, interesting to say that. I think there's quite a bit of drama everywhere. Um, I. I also believe that the jazz executive team and coaching staff keep it in check, which yes. means it doesn't, it doesn't hit the newspapers and the players are smart enough not to let it, you know, spill out into the media. We also have had a pretty good team for the last four or five years. since Donovan's arrival. We've made the playoffs every year and right. the expectations haven't been overwhelming. I mean, with Jason Tatum and, and Jalen Brown and, and what they're doing, there's kind of some expectations that really uh, have weighed heavily on the Celtics. Because Marcus Smart, if I'm correct, he made the comment that they don't want to pass the ball. And he said they need to learn how to pass. And then they had to go back. Because I guess I, maybe being yeah. in Boston, there's some big egos there and some proving that needs to be done. Yeah, you know, Marcus Smart is, is a little bit of a loose cannon as well. Um, I, I think he wears his emotions on his sleeve, so to speak. And he also plays with his emotions on his sleeve. Um, he's trying, he, he tried whether it's the right or wrong thing to do to jolt his team. It seems like it's worked. Um, and that is to get Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, these two stars of stars, you know, doing what they need to do tonight. Uh, Jason Tatum played 30 minutes, 10 points. Jalen Brown played 30 minutes, 17 points. So it's somewhat of a blowout, I think early in this game. And so the starters for the Celtics didn't stay in there. But, um, you know, Marcus Smart's probably doing what he think is, is right, being somewhat of a veteran on that team to get people, you know, kicking their rear ending here by calling them out. Yeah, sometimes, I mean, when done correctly and at the right time, it, it can definitely boost the team and, and help them kind of wake up and start playing well. Um, some more updates around the league. Ben Simmons says he isn't mentally ready to play and is seeking professional help. So it sounds like he's kind of going through his own. Um, battles too to kind of get over their drama in Philadelphia, but Philadelphia is still playing pretty well, or they're they're doing all right without him. And I mean, Philly is top of the tops at seven and two in the East. Uh, they played an easy team tonight, beating Detroit one hundred nine to ninety eight. Um, so there's not much fall off from losing an all star in hmm. in Ben Simmons. It, it's that's an interesting thing. Uh, I'm not a big Doc Rivers fan. I just don't like how he pleads his case on every bad call. Yeah. However, you have to hand it to him to be coaching in a very stressful situation that there's a circus going on around you, and yet you're still holding your team together. Tonight, um, Shake Milton played well. Joel Embiid, just the center of centers. Seth Curry is having a fine season. He had 23 points tonight. And then Tyrese Maxey, our own George Niang had 14 points tonight, so a big night mm. for, for, for George. And um, it'll be interesting. That, that team at 7-2 and two doesn't seem like they're missing Ben Simmons that much. Right. And uh, right now the, the Rockets are playing the Suns, and so the Suns should get a win there. Yeah, they're kind of off to a sluggish start. We talked about it last podcast that it's hard to get going again after losing in the, in the champion in the final. But – yeah, they should. They should be all right. I think, like I said, when you take it in 15 game increments, we're halfway through the first 15 games. Uh, it's seven and one for us. And most teams have played eight or nine games. 
Let's see what happens over the next seven games. And then when we hit that 15 game mark, let's regroup on this podcast and, and call out, you know, where teams are because it's too early to tell. And yet you're starting to see halfway through this 15 game um, kind of pod, so to speak, where things are, are shaking out. We do know that the Rockets, the Thunder, the Pelicans, and even the Spurs really struggling in the West. And then you go to the East, you have, you know, the, the Pistons and the Magic struggling and to a degree, the Indiana Pacers. So you're starting to see where the bottom teams might be. Um, but let's look at the next seven games. And when we get to that 15 game pod, let's see where, where things are. So That's um, a good point. Yeah, I think. I think um, from a scheduling perspective, where and when the um, Warriors play next, right? Because we're tied with them, right? Uh, we're ahead of them because we're seven and one, and they're six and one, I believe. I think Clay Thompson is, is about to be back. They saw him warming up and everything. Did you see the poster dunk the other night? Uh, no, I didn't. Oh, number zero on, forgot his name, on the Warriors. Yeah, absolutely dominated the Hornets with this dunk. Yeah. I mean, the Warriors are good. Yeah, they're 6-1. So if they win, they'd be 7-1 and one and tied with us for the best record in the NBA. It, it was predicted that they would be better. Man, 6-1, yeah, that's really good. And I, I think Steph Curry's figured out a way to stay fairly healthy without any freak bang-ups. And when he's healthy, he's just – you, you got to put him in the conversation of who's the best player in the NBA right now. He's definitely in that conversation. Yeah. There was a, um, um, under 23 NBA fantasy draft. So the players, the top seven players for under 23 at number seven, this will be in reverse order is shy. G- oh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Hey, Gilles Alexander. Yep. So he's number seven. Then Jaron Jackson Jr., Trey Young, John Morant. So John Morant's ahead of Trey Young. He's number four. Um, Zion Williamson, interesting, hasn't been playing too much. Jason Tatum, and then Luka Doncic. What do you think of that? It sounds right. I mean, you end up with Luka. He's he's the best of that bunch. That's a that's a great seven players right there. You know, all future, all a handful of all stars and future all stars. All of them. Did you see the comment by by Chuck or uh, Charles Barkley with Shaq about Zion Williamson? I I'm, what's that? The comment uh, apparently Charles Barkley said that Zion Williamson looks like Shaq and Charles had a baby, <laughs> just because like he's gotten a lot bigger. Yeah, I I have not been following the story uh, other than what we talked about at the start of the season. I'd have to go back and. I've seen some like reports where a lot of people are saying that the Pelicans have completely like they've mishandled his foot injury, like in the worst way possible. They just haven't done a good job. Yeah. I guess my point to that is I don't know how they handle it until you tell me what it is and what they could have done wrong. I guess different types of rehabs to get him going, kind of keeping him in shape in a way where he doesn't have to exercise his foot, but could still, like do other workouts like upper body and I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a sports scientist when it comes to that. Yeah, I 
I, I have to go study it a little bit more. I mean, the Golden, Golden State Warriors are the Golden State Warriors are playing the Pelicans um, tomorrow night, so that'll be a win for them. So they definitely should go seven and one. Interesting. Yeah, I think I think the Jazz because last year our longest streak was what twenty two games. You cut out there a little bit. It was what? Our longest streak, winning streak last year was in the 20s, right? And I can't remember. I know we had a, some long streaks to get to 52 wins. We had some really good wins, yeah. And we're off to a good start. I mean, we had that loss after four games, but hopefully we can get another streak going. Yeah. Um, I mean, some more drama. Yeah. I know we talked about drama, but this drama comes from the 1997-98 Bulls. Apparently, Scotty Pippen said that um, Michael Jordan um, released the last dance because he want what does it say? Because uh, he was determined to prove he was still larger than LeBron James. And so that was the whole point of the last dance was so that Michael Jordan could help young people understand that he's the best and not LeBron James. And then he said, Scottie Pippen said, I was nothing more than a prop. He couldn't have been more condescending if he tried. So drama from a team still continue 20 plus third, almost 30 years later. What was that that Scotty Pippen said? So he was commenting about the last dance and he said that Michael Jordan did the last dance, the documentary series, just to prove to the, this younger generation that he's the best and not LeBron. And then he said to Scotty Pippen, Michael Jordan said to Scotty Pippen, or not said to Scotty Pippen, but he Scotty Pippen was saying, I was nothing more than a prop. He couldn't have been more condescending if he tried. So Scotty Pippen's not too happy with Jordan right now. Well, Scotty, Scotty Pippen, since his playing days, has been in and out of statements like this and in drama. You know, I, I feel who knows? We all know Michael Jordan has an ego. That's what propelled him to be the greatest player of all time. And, and that's what the last dance proved. I think, um, you know, for all the people that wanted to see it, they saw it. Whether he produced the last dance to show he's the greatest or not. Maybe LeBron James might do the same thing, you know, 20 years from now when, I don't know, one of the rookies that is in the league now is is the greatest. But um, I I love the last dance regardless of when it was or why it was done. It was such a great show. Yeah. Who's who's next on the list of... 75 the 75th anniversary team so next on the list for 75 as we go in alphabetical order tonight is let me just see here i think it's carmelo if i did Giannis last time i think you were up with carmelo this time let's see yeah carmelo anthony yeah ninth scoring ninth in scoring um he was was he drafted the same year as lebron I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So he came out of Syracuse cornrows, went to the Denver nuggets. It, I remember him because of the hype with him and LeBron and who would be the next best. And he lived up to it pretty early. He had an amazing run in, in, on the nuggets and then was tr- traded to the Knicks or went to the Knicks with Amari Stoudemire kind of did some, some work in, in New York, he definitely got them into the playoffs and they had a little run there, him and Amari Stoudemire. 
It was fun to see him in the garden. I think he should have left New York earlier and he probably would have had a little bit more success. Uh, it's, it's easy to kind of fall into comfort in New York with that organization at that time. And he's clearly one of the best shooters in terms of creating space, dynamic shooter, the, the turnaround shot, one of the best shooters in ninth scoring in the NBA. Yeah. You look at, uh, you look at Carmelo and what really shines through is that 10th in scoring, no matter ninth. Um, I just saw said, said 10th, but he just became ninth, like literally like two days ago. Okay. Um, 10 time NBA all-star six time, all NBA player and a, and a scoring champion in there. So definitely deserves to be on this list. Um, won a national championship in college, Syracuse. Uh, he's he was out of the league for a good year, which made it interesting a few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And you thought, well, is his career done? And then he came back and, uh, you know, just as, as really, really contributed over the last few years, two years in Portland and one year uh, now in LA. So his, yeah. his um, career statistics have started to dip a little bit. I have him 23 points and six rebounds a game, but I'm, I'm thinking that uh, over the last little bit, he's just been falling off, but that's because he's been losing playing time, but one of the greats yeah. for sure. Doesn't have a ring, but still has been a solid player. Um, I, I remember when he went, when he left the league, I thought it was, he like, cause he did like a tour of the NBA. Like he's just like, when like players are in their last season, they like kind of do their like their last season. People come out to see them, and he like did that like two times. And now like he's still playing, um, so it's it's fun. I like Carmelo a lot. He is the true mellow, not 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 the other ball, Lamelo Ball. I think he's the true mellow. Yeah. When so when you look at this list, we've gone through the first four: Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Ray Allen, Giannis, and Carmelo, all very deserving. Uh, so far, yeah. In the 70, 75th one. We're going to get into a couple of um, old school players and Nate Archibald and Paul Arizon. And uh, that's where we're going to see um, or at least find out if those numbers are truly deserving of some of these older players. I know Nate Archibald will, but it'll be fun because I know there's many who don't know who Paul Azarian is. So, yeah, I don't know a good yeah. 20% of them. So, I'll be able to learn for sure. Yeah, so another great win by the Jazz, 7-1. and one. Uh, It's always fun to watch. Tonight was fun to see a – really, we are at a championship-caliber team stay in a game on the road, work through some issues, and end up with a big win. So I'm very proud of what the Jazz accomplished tonight. Now we're going into Miami. Miami, like we talked earlier, got beat up pretty good tonight on their home floor by Boston. They'll have a night off. We'll fly over there and have tomorrow off as well and play them on Saturday. So looking forward to what, what Saturday brings um, in Miami. Any thoughts on that game? Other than we talked about Tyler Hero, any other thoughts? It'll be interesting. Uh, Jimmy Butler's good. So that'll be uh, an interesting matchup. And then Kyle Lowry as well, right? Um, yeah, Lowry has really played well for this team. Good. So excited to, to watch him play. I say it every episode. What a gem to watch some of these players in, 
in the NBA doing their thing tonight. We were able to see Trey Young, and he had a fairly good night down the stretch. Um, then we'll be able to see Jimmy Butler and Kyle Lowry coming up for us, which will be exciting in Miami. If, if you're a basketball fan, you just have to enjoy the NBA and how many great players and superstars there are on the floor each and every night. And I think it, the Jazz are going to start to repeat what they did last season, where they start to become the hunted and maybe not so much on the East in the East playing Eastern conference teams, but I still get the vibe that a lot of these basketball teams just want to beat the jazz to beat the jazz. It's kind of, we're kind of that type of team that other teams like to go out and beat just for whatever reason, maybe ego, maybe just pride, but I could see the heat putting on a good game for us and every other team as well, just because the jazz are really good, usually top. So each team, as we go throughout this, the league are going to want to beat us more and more. Yeah, so true. I mean, we were the regular season champs last year. I will tell you, I watched the Hawks broadcast tonight as I went in between our broadcast and the, and the Hawks broadcast. And they're saying what every other broadcast is saying. Great regular season team, great superstars, all-stars in Conley, Mitchell, and Gobert, but can't win in the playoffs. And that's going to be the theme of this team, unless we can do it this year, quite frankly, and get at least to the Western Conference Finals and into the NBA Finals and get the monkey off of our back and, and win an NBA championship. This is going to be a great season. We're going to win our share of games because we have players that can shoot and score. I wonder if Dwayne Wade will show up in Miami tomorrow night. Yeah. What a dichotomy that would be to have him sitting front row in Miami as the legend that he is with his number hanging in the rafters, but owning the other team that's playing. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, he had, has had an impact on both franchises, so I'm glad he's with us, though. Yeah. So, another great night, uh, great win by the Jazz. Looking forward to what Saturday brings in Miami, and keep it going. We're definitely making a statement as uh, we're for real this year, and teams have to get up to play us, just like you said, but we're, we're beating them down as we go through, through each game. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping other teams start to, not hoping, but it does feel like there are a lot of great teams out there that are still asleep. So as long as we take advantage of this time and maybe put a little bit more distance between us and and the Suns or or the Nuggets um, and the Clippers, we can we could be in a good shape come the next 15 block of games. Yeah, be good. Special, All right. Thank you so much. Thanks, Dad. Have a good night. All right. Love you. Bye. Bye.